I'm excited about teaching on this. Uh, one of the things that we talk about all the time here at, at this church is that it's not a one-man show. And I mean that. This is not about one person and everybody else coming in and just sitting and listening to a sermon and getting up and going home. That may be the way it starts out because every church is like that. But that's not the end goal. That's not what we want to happen. We want, we want something to shift in here. And we teach out of Ephesians, it says, equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. You are the ministry. It should not be just one person standing up giving you a word and, and preaching the word, but it should be equipping you when I'm preaching the word and somebody else is preaching the word. It should be equipping you to go out and do the work that he's called you to do. That's the goal of it. That's what we want to get to. Sometimes it's hard to get to that because we get so comfortable just having church. So we're used to that. But that's not where we're going to go with this. And, and I think one of the ways that we move into that is by teaching on the gifts of the Spirit. Because I'm just going to put, be real blunt right here. If you don't understand the gifts of the Spirit, you cannot walk in there's no way you'll be able to walk in something and, I mean, actively do something that you have no knowledge of, that you can't understand what it is. So we're going to start breaking this down a little bit and teaching on it. Uh, I'm going to give you some verses today uh, that I hope you'll write down or remember if you've got a memory good enough. And go and read these verses and study them out. Don't just read them, but study them. Because there's going to be a lot of stuff in here that, that there's going to be questions on. We started talking about this a little bit last Wednesday night at the, uh, at the group that we meet on on Wednesday nights at 7 o'clock. That's a plug. Wednesday nights at 7 o'clock. We have Real Talk Wednesdays. We have different conversations. And gifts come up, specifically prophecy, but uh, we started talking about different gifts of the Spirit. So uh, that's kind of what motivated me to want to teach on this. But plus the fact that we've got to know who we are. Yes. We've got to know what God's given us because of who we are and we got to know how to walk that thing out and begin to make it active in our life. I, made a, I said a quote, it's been months ago, but I, I found my old notes and I wrote it down on here. And it said that God has saved us for heaven, but he's equipped us for earth. Now think about it again. Because all we want to practice is, and focus on is salvation. He saved us for heaven, but He's equipped us for right now. He's equipped us for this time right now on this earth. What are we going to do with that time? We've got too many people just waiting to go to heaven. And there's a world out here that's lost. There's people that's hurting. There's people that needs exactly what you have on the inside of you. Because of the situations you've been through, because of the things that you've battled with, because of what you've learned in the process, there's people that need to hear what you've been through. They need your testimony. They need your hands laid on them. They need your prayers. Because of what you went through, you're going to do more for them than I could ever do. Yes. That's what equipping the saints for the work of the ministry is all about. Amen. There's people's lives that you can touch today that I would never be able to touch in the same way. Amen. And the same thing with there's people that I can connect with that you'll never have the ability to connect with. Amen. What can we do in my atmosphere? It says go to all the world. That world is not the earth. That world is talking about your place of influence. Yes. Whatever that place 
may be. Go into your world, go into your place of influence, and begin to infect, affect people, and infect affect people, and have influence on people that's around you. See, we just want to say, hey, y'all come to church. And one day, if they happen to come to church, we hope they're going to get blessed. But until they come to church, can we have an impact on them so big that they want to come to church? That's the way I look at it. It's fine to just keep inviting them. I mean, I know we invite people, we invite people all the time. And it's frustrating sometimes when you invite people and they don't come, and sometimes you get a little frustrated. But the thing is, am I showing something in my life that's going to make them look and say, you know, I don't know what's going on over there, but I want to follow them. I want to go see what that's all about. Because they see change in your life. They don't just say, well, there's a pastor there and he's preaching a word. No, I see change in their life. Because that's what it's about. So you're saved for heaven, but you're equipped for earth to do something right now. I want to start out with a, a specific verse, real simple, in 1 Corinthians 12 and 1. I want you to look at this verse for me. It's real short. You can probably remember it. I want to bring it up just so you can see it. It says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, that's what we're talking about today. Concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. Do not be ignorant. This is a powerful verse right here. I was reading something about uh, an old pastor, I think he was in the 30s or 40s or something like that, but he was a preacher a long time ago, and uh, his name is F.B. Meyer. And this is what he said. He said, I used to think that God's gifts were on shelves, and, uh, and uh, one above another. And the higher we got, the more we grew, the better gifts we got. He said, but as I've matured, I've realized that the books, that the gifts are on shelves, but the lower we stoop, the better gift I get. That's awesome. Because we think we've got to keep getting on a pedestal and going higher and higher every position we get and every, everything we can do, we go higher. But see, it's when we submit. It's when we surrender. It's when we stoop. Yeah. That we begin to operate in those gifts. Amen. You've been gifted for greatness. Mm -hmm. I said last week, I made a couple of comments, and I said it's hard for some people to recognize that. It's hard for some people to look at themselves sometimes. It's easy to look at other people and say, well, I can recognize a prophetic gifting in this person, or I can recognize something else in, in, in somebody else. But it's hard to look at ourselves sometimes and, and really know what we're called for. Really know what, in what way God has gifted us. So I want to ask you like this. Put it in just simple terms. Put it in something that's easy to understand. I want you to think back to Christmas morning. Maybe when you were a child or maybe when your, your children were young or maybe you still got young kids. But Christmas morning. Those gifts are under the tree and they got the names on them and everything and the kids come running in there. And it's amazing to watch how, how big and bright their eyes get, how excited they get when they see the gifts under the tree with their names on it. Man, they get excited. But here's a catch to it. This is, this is the bomb right here. They get excited, but they don't even know what the gift is yet. Right? 
And then all of a sudden they open it up and, and they're ready to go with it and we put it together and we throw batteries in it and then we teach them how to use it. There's another bomb there. Can you imagine God sitting there? You're his child and he said, I've given you all these gifts and I'm just waiting on you. I'm excited. I'm watching. I'm waiting on you to discover this thing. I'm waiting on you to open it up. I'm waiting on you to recognize that you've got this ability on the inside of you. Can you imagine how excited God gets? Because He's the Father. We're the child. Just like the children on Christmas morning. How excited God gets watching us operate in what He gave us. And on the flip side of that, can you imagine how it may feel? You imagine giving your child a gift and you just went all out. You spent what you know, you worked hard for that to, to be able to get that gift. And, and and I know we've all seen this, and all of a sudden the kid opens it and he just tosses it to the side. Yeah, and how you you don't want to say nothing, but you know how you feel when that happens. Like I put everything into that. God's put everything into this. He's put everything into you. He's invested everything, including His only begotten Son. He's invested in you. And when we just take these gifts and we just turn away from them, we don't actively walk in them, can you imagine? See, we don't think about how we... We always think about making God happy and the things we can do to please Him. But we don't think about the things that we do that grieves. We talk about grieving the Holy Spirit. And sometimes we just use Christian words because it sounds good. But that's what it talks about grieving. When there's something in us and we know what's in us and we could be walking in it, we could be operating in it, but yet we turn away from it. The Holy Spirit is grieved in that. Because we're not being who we're called to be. We're doing something totally opposite. And the Holy Spirit knows who we are. Yes. He knows what gifts we put on the inside of me. How do I know that? Because He gave you the gift. That's what the Word says. So if you picture that Christmas scene and you picture God in that same scene, and I'm going to ask a hard question. Is He pleased or is He grieved? That's a hard thing to look in the mirror and ask that question about yourself. Is it pleased or is it grieved? That's tough. But this is motivational. This is, this is to push you. This is to, to take you somewhere, not to make you feel bad. Right? Too often we see people carrying around heavy loads. Uh, they're frustrated because they're, they're trying to serve they want to serve, but we see so many Christian people, and I tell you, I've seen them in several churches. We see so many different people trying to serve in areas that they're not anointed to serve. They're not gifted to serve in that area, but because they have a heart to just want to do something, the pastor sticks them in. I mean, there's times where, you know, sometimes you're, I've seen pastors just say, well, we got to find this person something to do so they'll stay. And we just stick them into whatever the opening is, whatever the, the need is in the church, regardless of whether that person has an anointing for that, regardless of whether they have a gifting for that. I told Monica just a few minutes ago we was talking, 
And I said, there's a big difference. There's a lot of people in the world that I know that are not Christian, but they've got a voice. I mean, they can sing. Yeah. But see, there's a difference in somebody that can sing and somebody that can minister through song. Right. You can't minister through song if you're not born again. Amen. Can't do it. Only believers, and I'm going to get into this in a few minutes, I'm getting ahead of myself, but only believers have have access to the spiritual gifts. Amen. You might say, well, we're born with this and we're born with that. No, the subject is given by the Holy Spirit. Right. Without the Holy Spirit, we don't have access. You can get up here and sing until your, your voice goes out. But there's no anointing on it. And it will not be the same as somebody who sings with an anointing. Amen. There's other things that you may be may be blessed to be able to do. You may be you may have a talent in that. Yep. But it's not the same as when you got a gifting in that area. Right. Yes. It means something different. Anybody, there's a lot of people I know that's great speakers. Anybody can get up here and look at a piece of paper and read it off. But to be able to do it with an anointing, it makes a difference. That's why I say all the time, Lord, I don't want just a sermon. Anybody can do a sermon. But I want a message. I want a message that is anointed. I want a message that you've given me, that you've put in my heart. And I mean this, and I don't mean this arrogantly, I mean this with boldness, that nobody can speak like I speak. That nobody can bring it like I bring it. Because you've given it to me. Amen. And you told me, speak this thing out. Minister this word out. Yes. Prophesy this word out. Yes. And only I can do it in that way because it was given to me to go through me. That's totally different than just getting up here reading a piece of paper. Amen. Plenty of people can do this. But can we do things with an anointing? That's a, that's a big, big thing we've got to ask ourselves. Amen. To be and to do all that God has called you, we have to get an understanding of spiritual gifts. I was reading something this morning. Uh, I can't remember who the author was, but I was reading an excerpt of his book, and I'm, I'm going to actually try to find the book this weekend or this week sometime. But uh, it talks about the spiritual gifts, and, and the excerpt that I was reading from his book was just amazing. A lot, a lot of really good stuff. And I'm going to get that because I'm going to start really focusing in on this. And you're going to see why in just a few minutes. We've got to understand our spiritual gift. You see, if we don't, we're just church members. Right. I don't want a church member. Okay? I promise you, we don't keep a role. We don't, we don't say, you know, absent, present. Oh. We, want, we want somebody here who is going to get away from the mindset of minister and step into being, I mean, a, a member and step into being a minister. Amen. That's what we're called to. I don't want members. Mem members, members pay dues. Mm -hmm. I'm a member of several different counseling organizations and different things like that. I have to pay a due. I don't get nothing out of that. But the fact of saying I am a member of that, there's no real benefit that I receive from it. Right. Other than being able to put a certificate up or something. Mm -hmm. But see, when you're a minister, you receive something out of it. Yes. When you're a minister, you begin to give back into it. Yes. That's what I want. Mm -hmm. We're not members here. I don't want you to be a member here. If somebody says, what well, church are you a member of? Say, I'm not a member. I'm a minister of the Rock Family Worship Center. Amen. It's okay to use that term minister. 
Because you are, it's to serve. Yes. And if you're serving, and that's what I'm going to get to. Some of you may say, well, I'm not doing that right now. That's okay. We're going to get you there. Because we're going to keep pushing this. And we're going to help you walk in to who you are. Amen. And when you realize who you are, you realize that gift that God has put on the inside of you. You cannot walk around with it and not use it. Amen. You're going to want to use it. Yeah. I believe that God is going to open up opportunities for you to use it. Yeah. Amen. I don't believe He's going to give something to us once we gain a knowledge and an understanding of it and then just let us walk around and just waste it. I believe opportunities are going to come now. We're going to have to make a decision to use it. But I believe he's going to open doors up. Amen. I believe he's going to bring people. I told you the other day, I prayed that all the time. I said, God, bring me somebody today Amen. that I can speak to. Bring me somebody somehow. Let something occur. Bring me somebody that I can minister to yes. in some way. It, I tell you, when we ask that question of you, he never some you may miss it. You may watch that person walk by and never grab on to the fact that that was the one that you were supposed to minister to. That was the one that needed your help. But God never fails to put us in situations that, and put situations around us where we have the ability to operate in who we are. Amen. That See, some people's spiritual gifts are, are just they're mysterious. They're, they're complicated because the church has made it that way. Yes. We may I said it last week. We made we made the prophetic very very spooky yeah, and scary to some people. Right. Okay. Uh, when people start calling out things and you know they didn't know that, they're talking about things in your house and yeah. telling you the cover of your uh, of your lamp on the nightstand and different things like it gets spooky to some people. Yes. But I always try to reaffirm people and say, you know, it's not, it's not that it's scary. It's that God loves you so much yes. that He showed me the color of your room. Amen. He showed me specific things in your life that nobody else knew. Simply so, it could be confirmation to you that He cares about you. Amen. He cares about what you're going through. He Amen. cares about the little details of your life that yes. we sometimes overlook. Yes. So these things don't have to be mysterious and complicated. Uh, really, the opposite is true. God has given us all amazing gifts if you're born again, and He doesn't make it difficult to discover them or use them. I just said that He will put you in situations. When we get to a point of discovering who we are and discovering what my gift is, see, it'll make room for your gifts. This, this ministry will, will make room for your gift. You might say, well, why don't y'all have this going at the rock? Or why don't y'all have that going at the rock? Maybe it's because you ain't stepped into your gift yet. Amen. And you're the one that's supposed to be doing it. Yeah, you're the one that's supposed to lead that program. Yeah. You're the one that's supposed to lead that men's group. Yeah. You're the one that's supposed to lead that outside program. But you haven't stepped into your gift yet. Amen. See, we, we got this thing Well, let's just let the pastor do everything. Uh -huh. Huh. That ain't the way it's supposed to be. Amen. That ain't the way I want it to be. I ain't got time to do everything. Amen. But that's the role that most churches take. Let's be honest. The pastor does it, and the pastor may have a few deacons or a few leadership board. They throw some things off on, and then you've got a small group of people who wind up doing everything in the church. Amen. And before long, that small group of people is more 
slap out. They're tired. And you got another group of people who never get involved because they don't have to. Why? Because somebody's always going to do it. I'm telling you, I, I don't know why I'm saying some of this this morning, but I, I want to break this mindset Amen. of church as usual. I don't want to. I don't want a regular church. I don't want it. But I can't do this by myself. I, I, it don't matter the vision I have. I can't carry this out. That's, that's, the, that's the struggle with, with being a visionary. Because you can't carry out a lot of times those visions on your own. Amen. It takes other people, especially in the ministry. I can't do this by myself. Listen, if I could do this by myself, it wouldn't be worth nothing. It would just be a benefit having a back to me. And there's a lot of ministries out here who do it. You, know, you see them all the time. Listen, nothing wrong with people go out on the street and they do things and they've got their little speaker set up and nothing wrong with that. But I want a, I want a congregation of people who says, I, I want to do this. I want to get involved. I want to touch the community in some way. I want to step into who I'm called to be. In 1 Corinthians 12 and 1, we read it a while ago, it says the spiritual gifts, uh, about spiritual gifts, do not be ignorant. This word ignorant does not mean unintelligent or naive or stupid. Do not the word ignorant right here is really talking about being uninformed. It says, do not be uninformed. Do not be unlearned. We're all ignorant. I say this many times because I like I like to I like to use this example because we're all ignorant in some area. Don't care how smart you are. You are ignorant in some area. You are unlearned. You, you, are, you are uninformed in some areas. There's other areas I've got a lot of knowledge. I've got a lot of, lot of understanding in. But if you tell me to go over here and do something that I've never done before, I'm ignorant. And the only way that I break that ignorance is to learn. Right. When I learn, I'm no longer ignorant. Right. And that goes back to light and darkness. Darkness means ignorance. But when I bring light into the situation, light makes darkness go. Right. So when I bring light into darkness, it has to go. It has no choice. Right. I was talking to a guy the other day. I had a counseling session up here. This is amazing, this guy. He, his, his granddaddy come with him. And while I was in the office talking to the young man, his granddaddy, I didn't, know, I didn't know if he went outside or what, but anyway, we come out of the office and I see him sitting here in the, in the chair. He's sitting right here on the second row, the first chair. And he walked in and he said, you know what's amazing? You know, this is what he said. I said, what's that? He said, that sanctuary was so dark. The only light I had on was my office and the little light in there. He said, that sanctuary was so dark. He said, but the more I sat there, he said, the light started coming in from the door. The light on these TVs, all the little old tiny light. He said, it started lighting this place up. He said, now realize that the more the light, the brighter the light got, the less dark it was. And I, and I told him, when I said that, I said, how do you measure darkness? He said, I'm not sure. I said, there is no, there is no way to measure darkness. We measure light. There's ways to do it. Lumens are different. But there's no way to measure darkness. Darkness is simply the absence of light. Right. So there's no way to measure. There's not a dark, darker darkness. It's just dark. But as soon as light comes into it, 
darkness has to flee. As soon as we can get knowledge and, and, and understanding in the areas of spiritual gifts, we are no longer ignorant in those areas. Amen. I want a church that's not ignorant in the area of spiritual gifts. Amen. Because when we begin to learn it, now we can walk it out. Right. That makes a difference. It's going to change everything about this church. It's going to change. When I say I want to be different, this is a step in moving to a place of being different. We can't be ignorant anymore. As Paul was telling the Corinthian church the same thing, so don't get mad at me. He done, he done it with the church today. He said, we can't be ignorant anymore. God wants His children to be fully informed so that we can do everything we're called to. Your gifts are the key to fulfilling your kingdom purpose. What is, what is your kingdom purpose? It's real simple. We can make it, we can make it uh, real hard. Uh, we can add a bunch of stuff on top of it and go in all kinds. Let's just keep it simple. Your kingdom purpose is to extend the kingdom. To take the kingdom of heaven and extend it to bring heaven down to earth. To show people that you're around in this community, in this neighborhood, in whatever, to show people who your God is and take everything that's in heaven and bring it here. To extend the kingdom. That's our purpose. That's what we're called to do. And when you start teaching on this topic, and I'm aware of this, that's one reason I'm excited about it. When you start teaching on this topic, there's a lot of questions that come up. There's a lot of doubt that comes up. Because you got people saying, well, you've been, you know, Barry's been saved for 15 years. He may have a gift, but I've only been saved for two months. I don't, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't even know if I've got a gift. Listen, if you are born again, and there's a prerequisite to it, I said a while ago, if you're not born again, you're not entitled to spiritual gifts. Amen. I, that sounds mean, but that's, that's biblical. You don't have spiritual gifts because spiritual gifts is only there because of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. If I'm not born again, then I don't have the Holy Spirit on the inside of me. Now you might say, well, when I was born, God gave me that he may have. But you're not operating in anything because there's, there's no Holy Spirit there. When the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of me, there's things that I will step into that I could never do when I was unsaved. I could have never done it. That's hard for people to understand. Because there's so many talented people in the world. And we look at it and we say, oh, man, what a blessing. It may not be. It may just be a good singer. But just think what they could be if they was full of the Holy Spirit. If they begin to take that spiritual gift and, and, and we begin to operate in that. So I want to look at what the Bible says about spiritual gifts. I'm going to break this down in more detail in the coming weeks or months because I want to go into this. Uh, but just for today, just to lay a foundation, let's look at the three types of uh, gifts that it speaks of in the Bible, which is the ministry gifts, the manifestation gifts, and the motivation gifts. I'm not going to go into a lot of detail today, so don't worry about it. Say, oh, Lord, he's fixing to get off. No, I'm not. I'm just going to lay a foundation. And then we're going to go through there eventually and we're going to start breaking these things down and looking at them. But when you look at this ministry gift, if you go to 1 Corinthians 12 and 5, it says this. 
There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. All I'm going to do is want to show you a couple of verses to back up what I'm saying so you see this is biblical and it's not just my opinion. I'm going to show you where it says it's in the Word. And as far as ministry, in 1 Corinthians 12 and 5, there are differences of ministry, but the same Lord. Now, if you jump over to Ephesians 4, 11 through 13, and He Himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers. Here, we know it as a five-fold ministry. Right. That's the way we look at it. The difference in this right here is when you look at ministry gifts, this is talking about the office of these positions. We all have the ability, if you've got a gift to prophesy, but not everybody walks in the office of a prophet. Listen, I can prophesy a word, but I don't have a business card that says Prophet Brian Taylor on it because I don't consider myself a prophet. I don't walk in that office. I can operate with the gift of prophecy. Everybody's not an apostle. And that, we struggle with this for years because a lot of people say, well, the prophet, the, the, the apostle, and all that, that all died out. They ain't no, they ain't no prophets today. They ain't no apostles today. And, and an apostle is simply an overseer, a, a father. I mean, this stuff is not gone. It's still relevant. And the reason we can't operate in these things is because we think they're gone. We think they're, they died out. Right. And you can't operate in something that you don't have an understanding of. So this right here is talking about the ministry gifts. Uh, and it's for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. Even with these five these, uh, gifts here, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher. To do what? To equip the saints, to extend the kingdom, to do everything that we're called to do. That second one, manifestation. If you look in 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 11. But the manifestation of the Spirit, listen to this, is given to each one for the profit of all. It's not given to you so you can go online and say, I'll give you a word of prophecy for $25. <laughs> we see it all the time. I will pray for you if you send me a check. See, that's what's giving the church spiritual gifts a bad name. Because you've got people on there that's done that, and you've got, you've got crazy folks that's on there buying spiritual bottle of water for $500. Somebody's seat. That's right. Well, they're, they're buying that water because they think it's anointed. That's what he's been killing them. Man, he sold a lot of that. Now, I mean, then, then you'll get other people, you take a little handkerchief for them, and now I'm going to sell it to you because it's got an anointing on it. And there's people paying for that. Eaters. I mean, is there no ignorance? We just don't know. Amen. I know we wouldn't do that. Yep. I hope nobody here bought a bottle of water. <laughs> <laughs> we may have, but uh, they're, they're, hey, well, we, we joke, but we, we know they're out there. Amen. And it's, it's not just on TV and on the internet. They're local too. Yes, they are. Okay, so we, we've all seen it. 
But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of not just yourself, which means I'm not going to get online and sell my prophetic word. I'm not going to sell my prayer. I'm not going to my, my, I'm not going to listen. I'm not going to prostitute out my anointing. Amen. Can I put it like that? Is that okay? I'm not going to do that. It's for the profit of all. Amen. My gift should benefit not just myself, it should benefit everybody. Amen. It's for the profit of all. Verse 8. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kind of tongues, to another got here. <laughs> interpretation of tongues. But one of the same Spirit works all these things. That's one of the keys to it. It's the same Spirit that's working all of these. Distributing to each one individually. Listen to this, as he wills. The title of my message is this. You and your gift are not the same. Okay? And one of the other things I was going to say in that as well is you do not have a responsibility a lot of times in your gift. And people don't like to hear that because they like to say, well, I, you know, I'm going to choose to do this or I'm going to choose to do that. You may choose to do something, but are you anointed for it? Right. It says, as he wills. Yes. Not me. We don't like to hear that. Now, I believe that God can give people a prophetic unction and a prophetic ability, and we can begin to work on that. There's prophetic schools that people go to, uh, and they learn to prophesy. Uh, I know somebody that went a while back to, to CI, Christian International, and they said it is a totally different place now. It's not the same as what it used to be. Because why? People are perverting the gifts. Right. They're taking them and they're doing something totally different with it, and they're going out because they leave this prophetic school where they're now considered a prophet, and they're going to all these different churches to prophesy. This. They ain't going there on their own dime. Amen. They get five hundred, six hundred, eight hundred thousand dollars every for every church they go into. They making a killer because they're a prophet. And listen, I'm not, I'm not knocking that. I believe in the prophetic. The prophetic is awesome. Amen. But I'm just saying that we can take this thing. We can turn it around, and that's to me why so many people look down on it. And they're, they're, they're questioned because of so, being so much negative because of. If you look at the motivational gift, Romans 12, 6 through 8. It's the motivational gift. Having these gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministry. He who teaches in teaching. He who exhorts in exhortation. He who gives with liberality. He who leads with diligence. He who shows mercy with cheerfulness. What is this saying right here? Whatever you've been called to do, do it to the best 
of your ability and the best of your anointing. Amen. Take what He's given you and, and work that thing. So after all that, we read those verses right there. We're going to go into those more later on. I hope you'll read them. You see, they weren't very long. But I hope you'll not just read them, but begin to study them, begin to research them, and, and see, what they, see what God shows you. But I want to ask this question, what are spiritual gifts? On a, on a, let me say this before we get into what are spiritual gifts. Let me say what they're not. Because that's what that's what so many people look at. The first thing is your spiritual gift is not the same as your personality trait. Amen. I could go around the room right now and ask somebody say, what is the number one personality trait that comes to mind when when we when you're thinking about yourself? Some people may say, whatever, I, I'm a I'm an outgoing person. I'm a cheerful person. I'm a whatever. I got a lot of drive. I got a lot of enthusiasm. I got a good work ethic. I've got all these different things personality-wise may come up. But spiritual gifts are not the same as your personality. Right. A personality test is, is not an adequate test to take to try to figure out what your spiritual gift is. And a lot of a lot of these spiritual tests, gift tests, are nothing more than a personality test. Right. You go online and look at them, you'll see several of them. We'll just start telling you things about your personality. They're, they're different. The personality traits, they will provide and help and complement. And like I usually they can be a personality trait can be a vehicle for your gift. If you are an outgoing person, then once you recognize your gift, then you work that gift not in isolation, right? But where? Among people. Why? Because you're outgoing. So outgoing is not your gift. It may be something else. But because you're outgoing, now that complements your gift. Right. So the personality is not, we're not just doing away with it, but we're saying, first, I gotta know my gift. Once I know what God's put in me, now I can take my personality traits right. and begin to use it in the areas where I can be most beneficial. The second, spiritual gifts are not the same as your natural talents. Not the same. In Galatians 5, 22 and 23, well, I'll go to that in a minute. Leslie uh, Flynn, that's whose book I was looking at or trying to buy. Leslie B. Flynn, he was a pastor. He talked a lot about spiritual gifts. And this is what he says in his book. He said, talents have to do with techniques and methods. Gifts have to do with spiritual abilities. Talents depend on natural ability, but gifts depend on what's being given through the Holy Spirit. I can have a lot of talents. Okay? I didn't used to speak like to speak in front of groups. And I still, I don't mind it, but it's not one of the things that I would say that yeah, I just love to do. I mean, if I'm not preaching, or teaching a class, I don't want to just stand up and speak in front of people. I'm a relatively a shy person. But I had a, one of my, my boss, like the superintendent at work, she came up to me one day and it kind of amazed me because she said, I wish I could speak like you. And I said, well, I'm not a, I'm really a speaker. But then, as you do certain things, your, your talents begin to 
get better. When you practice more of something, you get better in that area. So the more you speak, the better you get. The more you learn to connect with people, the more you learn to, if you're saying something and everybody's head's going out of that, guess what? You better change the subject real quick. <laughs> because they're getting bored and they're going to sleep on you. Right. So you better change something. You better lift your voice a little bit. You better do something to do what? Wake them up. That's why I make some of the comments I make. And I make them in a way that I make them, and I probably shouldn't do it in church. Some people would, would say it. But I do it because it grabs people's attention. Amen. And if I can get your attention, now I can say what I really want to say. Right. What I really want you to hear. Right. But if you're over there and you're nodding off and you, you're, you're, you're not, your body's here, but your mind is somewhere else, Amen. you ain't hearing nothing. Amen. So I'm going to get your attention here. And then we can begin to talk about some things. Amen. So it's not your it's not your natural talents. The third thing, spiritual gifts are not the same as the fruit of the spirits. This is what I'm going to work with. In Galatians 5, 22 and 23, it says love, peace, uh, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. When we look at those things, the fruit of the spirit. This is not the same as spiritual gift. The fruit of the Spirit reveals what Jesus adds to our character, who we are. Jesus adds these things. He adds peace. He adds patience. He adds kindness. He adds joy. See, that, He just adds that to our character. While our spiritual gifts reveal the contribution that we give to the King. Totally different. That's the the one thing is what the, the fruit of the spirit is what Jesus gives, but the spiritual things is what we give back to add to the kingdom, to right. extend the kingdom. Totally different. So what are spiritual gifts? I'm gonna give a just brief definition today, and then we're gonna break it down later on. A God-given special ability. God-given special ability given to every believer at conversion by the Holy Spirit. To do what? To share His love and to strengthen the body of Christ. The Bible tells us in 1 Peter 4 and 10 that God is a gift giver. Holy Spirit is a gift giver. God gives us these special abilities for specific reasons. Spiritual gifts only work in spiritual ways. Right. See, that's where we mess up, and I, I used the word while ago, and I'll use it again here, that where we pervert. Maybe anything can be perverted. Anything good can be perverted and turned into something bad. Okay? We see it all the time. Prophecy has turned into something negative. Laying on of hands has turned into something negative. You can turn any positive thing, any spiritual gift, into something negative. But these spiritual gifts only work in spiritual ways. When we work them in spiritual ways and don't try to turn them into a natural thing, what does that mean? That means I'm not making money off of it, but I'm doing it for a spiritual reason. Why? Because I want to uplift, I want to encourage, I want to exhort, I want to do a positive spiritual thing instead of just making a dollar off my front prophetic work. So they work in a spiritual way. They can be used to their full potential when we're empowered by the Holy Spirit. Listen, 
I used this example a while ago and said a singer can sing, but a singer can't flow in prophetic worship, praise and worship, if they're not anointed. Can't do it. We've had a picture pop in my head. I've got to make sure I don't call a name. We've had people on our stages before who had no anointing to sing. They, they, they read the word and they took the word for what it said and they said, let's make a joyful noise. And they did that, but they had no anointing for it. And, I, and I'm glad that we've always been, a, I, I want people, listen, we would love to have more than just Ronnie and Monica up here. But if you ever get the unction to say, I believe I want to be a part of the praise and worship, we want to make sure you can sing. Amen. We want to make sure that you have an anointing to do this. Amen. Don't sign that piece of paper by there saying you want to work with kids if you hate kids. Amen. Don't do it. I, know it. I heard somebody say that. <laughs> they can't work with kids. Listen. If there's not something in you to do that, we don't want to use you in that area. We can find another area for you. <laughs> But we're not going to put you up here playing guitar if you've never picked one up before. That's right. right. And you say, we just want to learn. Learn first. We can't get up here to do it. And we've had that. Um, Monica tell you some stories about that. We've had a lot of people over the years that's been placed on praise and worship. And they should not have been there. And it didn't take them long to realize that. So uh, we want to figure out what the gift is. And then use it. If God's going to give us these special abilities for specific reasons, then we, we should take advantage of it. Last thing, I want to end right here with this. Why does God give spiritual gifts? In 1 Corinthians 12 and 7, it says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Whatever my spiritual gift is, it should be profiting everybody else as well. If I'm the only one profiting from my gift, you might want to check Everybody should profit. The spiritual gift God gives you, gives you, or neither for you, or it's not about you. Right. I, I can tell you numerous stories of people over the years in different ministries that we've been a part of or affiliated with, where somebody will come up to get a word. That person popped in my head. They'll come up and get a word at the end of the service, and whoever's there that day, front the side, is sticking a word on them, will look at it and say, Sir, I see such a prophetic anointing in you. And next week, that dude's got a card that's got a prophet on it. Mm -hmm. I'm serious. <laughs> there might be a prophetic anointing, and that's working. Let's, 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 let's grow it. Okay? That's what, that's what this is about. Learning what it is so that I can begin to step into that thing. We don't just, we don't just go right up and all of a sudden we're a prophet. Or all of a sudden we're a teacher. I told somebody, I think Wednesday night we were talking about it, I mentioned it. I said, that's why I don't just give anybody a microphone. I don't know what they're going to say. I've got at least, I have 
have a little bit of history with you and know what you're about before we're going to let you get up in front of the church and speak. It gets scary sometimes. That's why it's hard when you, when you say, does anybody got anything to say? <laughs> you cringe. <laughs> because you don't know what some people may say. Nope. Now, usually I won't do that if, it's not enough, if I don't you know, pretty much trust what's in the room. Because we've been in places where people stood up to talk and you didn't want to hear what they had to say. Yeah. And we've had to shut them down. There have been times we've had to take a microphone from them because of things they were saying. It, it, it can get crazy. Let me let me end like Does everyone have a gift? Does everyone get a gift? The Bible assures us that every believer. I'm going to say that again. First Corinthians 7 7. You can read for yourself. Every believer receives gifts from God. Yes. It says, For I wish that all men were even as myself, but each one has his own gift from God. One in this manner and one in that manner. We're all different. You know the problem in a lot of churches is when one person tries to start competing with somebody else. Listen, I ain't going to be T.D. Jackson. I might preach his message because it resonates with me. There's certain things. I'm not going to be I love Ron Parker's message. I, I get a lot. I preach a lot of his message. I'm not going to be Ron Carpenter, I promise you. I can't preach. I don't walk in his anointing. Right. I walk in my anointing. Right. But when we start trying to be somebody else, and we don't realize that to get to that place that they're at, the process they went through. Ronnie didn't wake up one day just playing drums. He spent years in the bars. <laughs> playing drums, not drinking, playing drums. No, he went through a process of Other people, you look at what you do. You've been through a process. Yes. But I promise you, if he wasn't born again, it wouldn't sound the same. That's right. Amen. He probably didn't play as good way back then as he does now. Amen. The knowing the Holy Spirit makes a difference. Yes. You may not feel tremendously gifted. You may not feel like you even have anything. But you are. If you're born again, you are. God gives gifts to everyone, not just special people. Amen. It's not just a five-fold ministry that gets the gifts. And sometimes because of they walk in that office of a prophet, apostle, evangelist, pastor, teacher, we automatically think that, they, that all these gifts are reserved for them. Only I can prophet. No, I prophesy if I don't prophet. Only a teacher can teach. Only a pastor can do certain things. Only, a, only an evangelist can do certain things. No, they can do it too. That's why here, I mean, we're, we're, we're apostolic. We can operate in, all, you can operate in all the gifts. You know, it's not just one. But you don't have the same one as somebody else, Mr. Sarah. 
If you are a believer, then you have the Spirit living on the inside of you. This is important. We'll end with this. But this is important here. If you're not a believer, you can be today. Amen. If you don't know when you say, I just don't, I, I feel like I know him. But I just, I'm, I'm not sure. Listen, there ain't nothing wrong with making sure. Right. Why? It's even more important now because, number one, I know everybody says, well, I want to get to heaven. I know that's number one thing. But number two is we want to make sure that we're operating in the gifts that we've been given. And if we're not born again, we don't have those gifts. I hate saying that, but that, that, it's, it's biblical. They're spiritual gifts. You still got your talents. You still got your personality. But you can only walk in spiritual gifts if you're born again. Right. So if you don't know, make sure. Make sure. It's simple. Ask Him to come into your life. Ask Him to be your Lord and Savior. Believe that He died on the cross. Believe He's the Son of God. Amen. Commit yourself to it. The rest of it, we'll work on it. Yes. We'll work on that. But this is a decision that only you can make. That's why I don't, I don't want to use the word I don't like. That's why when you have revivals and you have different things, and, and I know there's, there's a lot of good things that happen. But I can tell you the revival we had in First Community years ago where it was packed out every night till 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. There was people, I mean, just lying in the altars. When he left, they left. Yeah. Revival ended. Yeah. You know what happened after that? Church started falling. Church started falling apart. A lot of, lot of, lot of reasons. Don't blame it all on him. But it's if they start going down. There was a lot of people said they got born again at that revival. Probably hundreds. We've never seen them again. Now maybe they're going somewhere else. I don't know. But I'm just saying salvation, that's, that's you and God. Only you know that. You know what I'm going to give your life to Him. But I'm pushing it now because I want you to walk in these spiritual gifts. Amen. I want you to get in heaven too. That's a done deal. I'm not even worried about that. That's why we didn't talk about that. If you're born again, you go in heaven. But I want you to be able to operate here now. Amen. That's what's more important. Amen. For this time. If you have the Spirit living in you, then you have the spiritual gifts to use for God's glory benefit of others. Let me end by telling you this. Can you stand up? Wait to hear this better. <laughs> what does a church look like when the spiritual gifts are not being used? When the spiritual gifts are being, or, or, or people are teaching that they're, 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 they died out, that they're not active today, 
Because I'm telling you that there's churches in this community that are saved. You can't give a prophetic word. Prophets don't exist anymore. I've even been to a church where when they read, I, was, I was there visiting with somebody and they read the scripture that I just read a while ago and they left apostle and prophets out of the scripture. And I remember I turned to the person over there with me and I said, did he just do that? They said, yep. I said, see ya. Literally left it out. church is not using the walking in spiritual gifts, the body of Christ is not going to be complete. We are a team. We're connected. Just like the five-fold ministry, you know, those things work together. That is, the, that is the ministry of Jesus Christ that's been given in each one of those different offices. Those things have to work together because every one of those gifts of those ministries has a purpose that we'll get into when we start talking about it. They all serve a purpose in the body of Christ. And without those five working together and you're missing one of them, you are now at a disadvantage because you don't have all of them working together. So therefore the church is operating not at 100% but they're operating with a deficiency because all the gifts are not there. Amen. I'm just teasing you here because we're going to get into that, but I want you to see this. I've got a, I got a little uh, demonstration that I do with this that I, I think is good. If I didn't think it was good, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> I think it's good. It, it gives you a, 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 something to look at. It shows you how these things work together and what, how the church is negatively affected if one of these things are missing. That's one of the reasons that we wanted to go back up under somebody. And I'm talking about me. I'm under uh, you know, Bishop Marlin. He's our oversight. He's like the apostolic right side of it. I didn't want it to be just me and I'm the say all end all. I wanted somebody that I was being held accountable to. Somebody that my tithe goes to. My tithe don't come here. My tithe goes there because I'm sowing up, giving up. Okay? This church made a huge difference when we started doing that. Why? Because we got in order. Amen. We was out of order. Yeah. I was giving my tithe into this church, and that tithe was just sitting there, and I was basically giving it to myself mm -hmm. as, as a pastor. So when I started giving to an apostolic leadership, everything shifted. I'm telling you, it was almost instant. Everything shifted. There's even been times that we thought about doing something a little different and some of us would talk and we'd say, no, no, let's not change it. Let's not mess up What's, what, what we're doing. We're doing it right. Let's make sure we keep doing it right. So we want to make sure the body of Christ is complete. So we want all these gifts operating together. Also, the ministry of the church may be limited to a few members. I said this while ago. If we're not operating and you're not operating in your gift, then you're going to have one or two or three or four people that's doing everything in the church. And that should not be the case. Amen. You know, that's why most people get mad and leave the church yeah. because they're not. They, they, they get mad because they say, I'm not being used. But then they can't be used if they're not operating in the gift. Right. 
So it's kind of like you want to be huge. Let's let's build that gift and we'll strengthen that gift so that not me, but God will open up that area yes. for you to be used in. Yes. I don't think I've ever told anybody. Anybody that's ever come up and said, I want to be used. And said, no, I go sit down. We'll get to you later on. We'll find something. That you're gifted, yeah, that you're gifted in. Not just something to keep you busy. We'll get to know you, we'll get to that. And that's the important thing on Wednesday night. That's what Wednesday night is really about. It's amazing how much you get to see in other people. You get to see what their giftings are. You get to see what their passions are. What they're drawn to. So now if something comes up, you can say, you know, I, I can really use this person over here. That they would be good and serious. They're gifted, they're called in that. So it opens the door to see that kind of stuff. Last few things there. Many church members may be dissatisfied with the life that they're living in church. If they're not being used, church is going to get really, really boring. That's why most, and I'm not just talking about this church, that's why all churches' membership is. Because people just sitting around and they're getting bored, and then they stay out of church for two months with COVID, and why go back? I really didn't miss them anyway. I didn't miss that pastor. He was coming to me by Facebook every Sunday. I just sit home and watch him in my pajamas. That's the only thing I don't like about putting our message online. I've even thought about telling Ronnie, don't even put the whole message, let's, start, let's keep putting the clips. Because if, if you make it easy for people just to sit home, they'll do it. And yes, they're hearing the word. Hear all the time. Well, I listen to so and so. I listen to Joe Osteen. I listen. You're hearing the word, but you're not activating your gift. Not on the computer screen, you're not. And I promise you, you're not going to get through with Joe Osteen when you call him. <laughs> Ain't going to happen. Last thing is a church can become too dependent on the pastor other leaders instead of realizing that this is about equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. It's not about one pastor. It's not about one, one person in here.